Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige DeMarcos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and we are previewing the NFC North. We're going to go through that division from a cap free agency perspective. Last week, we had some technical difficulties. So at the end of this podcast, we're also going to hit the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars, which if you listen to last week's podcast about the AFC South, you know, we teased during the two teams that we talked about that these two teams could not be more opposite, right? The Indianapolis Colts have a lot of cap space and the Jacksonville Jaguars have negative cap space. So we will get into those at the end of this podcast, but we're going to start off with the NFC North, guys. The champs of the NFC North, Green Bay, they currently have $23.7 million in cap space. Not a whole lot there. Uh, 53 guys under contract. Jamie, let's run through some of these key free agents here. Yeah, some of their key free agents include linebacker Blake Martinez, uh, offensive tackle Brian Bulaga, Tremont Williams, uh, Mason Crosby, the kicker Kyle Fackrell, Jarmo Allison, who I would be shocked if he's back, uh, and B.J. Goodson. So, I mean, there are a couple pieces there, but nobody that is you know, mind-blowing of, like, all, you know, outside of maybe, you know, we'll want to bring Bulaga back. Blake Martinez is a big part of them. Uh, but nobody that is just irreplaceable, uh, as we've seen from the other teams we've covered so far. Yeah, and then, you know, the guys, they're going to save $15 million with Jimmy Graham and Kenny Clark. Uh, add that to it. I think they have to bring back Corey Lindsley. You're not going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers' center. Uh, this team was okay. I don't I don't think they were as good as their record was. I think they, they proved that in the NFC Championship game. But they can get better. Uh, you know, you add the $15 million to that to get to $38 million. Blake Martinez, I like the player. He is huge production for the cost. I can see somebody else paying him a little bit more. But then they can they can jump into this. Corey Littleton, Danny Trevathan in the division kind of guy. Uh, I think you have to bring back Brian Balaga as well. You can't let this offensive line suffer. And then they just go draft like crazy. Their draft is going to be nothing but weapons. You know, a couple of those guys could be there, whether it's Ruggs, uh, T. Higgins, Chenault. From, I'd love to see Chenault, that offense kid from uh, from Colorado, if he can stay healthy, just run after the catchability. Uh, big body for, uh, for this NFC North, but – not a lot of stuff to do here, but you're going to move on from Graham and Kenny Clark and save that extra $15 million. I think they probably bring back Mason Crosby as well, a guy that's been there for a long time but knows how to kick in that funky field, that long grass, when you start getting the weather changes. Jamie, some of the potential targets you have listed out here, especially in the in the wide receiver and the tight end position, like Jake said, there are a lot of wide receivers in this class. I envision that they will spend a lot of their draft capital adding to their weapons, specifically because they've really addressed their defense in the last couple of free agencies and in the draft. Do you see them going after any of these tight end or wide receiver targets in free agency ahead of that? I used to, I don't know if they're going to have the money to go to the premier options, but I do think they could use some secondary pieces because in my mind, they need to add two receivers and a tight end to the offense. Right? Uh, and you're not going to be able to get all of that just simply by drafting. Like you're not going to get guys, I mean, you can, but not guys that are going to help you win immediately in year one. For sure. You get a piece. Uh, but yeah, to me, I, I would. They need to get. They're going to free up eight million by uh, cutting Jimmy Graham, which they're going to do seven point seven million by cutting Kenny Clark. But I mean, so they're not going to be in these these top options. But you know, uh, 
I mean, even maybe you reunite with Randall Cobb at some point and have that have that uh, that reliable guy in the slot that you didn't have this year when you were trying to make that guy Geronimo Allison. It just wasn't the case. Uh, but I'm I'm with Jake. I mean, I I think you need to. This is all about what they're going to do in the draft because they need a lot of offensive help right now, particularly at the pass catching position. Yeah, I don't think they can let their defense suffer. They had it ran down their throat in the NFC Championship game. They were terrible against the run, so you can't get worse at the linebacker position. So whether whether that's keeping Blake Martinez, if that's getting Corey Littleton, uh, Danny Trebathan, Kwiatkowski, any of these guys, they have to they have to stay where they're at or try to get better at the linebacker position. I can see Ebron being a target if he's not commanding the dollars that we think he's probably going to. Uh, I think he fits with with what they've wanted to do in the past. I think they probably would like to have a tight end that's more of a traditional guy that can block and rely on Aaron Jones a little bit more like they did at times this year. But I don't think they can afford their defense to get any worse. As Paige said, they addressed that last year. But you can't let linebackers walk when you're not very good against the run. Yeah, and right now, uh, I believe, uh, was it Ben Solak who did the, the yes. most recent one? Yes, on, yep. uh, on draftnetwork.com. I think it came out today, right? So sure did. Brand spanking new with trades, and it's interesting. you got to see who trades up for a quarterback in the top three uh, in this mock draft. But specifically for the Packers, he has some taking Austin Jackson to tackle out of USC. Um, I, again, not a bad pick. Austin Jackson, somebody that is worthy of that grade, is going to be a guy that's going to be on that, the edge of the late day one, maybe in the middle of day one, early day two. But I'm just not sure that's where I go there. Yeah, the Packers. I can't I give other needs. Because to me, you have to look at the Green Bay Packers right now as you have a couple, two or three year window right now. Yep. Because I, I understand you don't want to just have blinders for the long term future. But your chance to win with Aaron Rodgers is very, very narrow right now. And, and that's got to be your focus. Exactly. And you, Jamie, I would love for you to pull up the cap situation with Aaron Rodgers because it is worth mentioning the difference between what it looks like, what it was this year, what it's going to look like going into next year, what it's going to look like in the last next couple of years because he signed a big old fat contract. And that means that other guys are going to go by the wayside. So that window that we're talking about, I think all of a sudden it shrinks even a little bit more. Now, Jake, I know, has mentioned you can always restructure. You can move money around. Well, you sometimes. I don't know that you can with him because he sat back and waited on that big, fat deal. The difference with Aaron Rodgers making that much money and Dak Prescott making that much money, Aaron Rodgers plays to that amount. Aaron Rodgers is better than the four guys that you lose where Dak is not. That, that's the difference. I mean, you could pay Aaron Rodgers $35 million to lose four other guys, and he makes up for it. I don't think Dak can play to that ability that he makes up to four other guys. But still, you got to stay healthy. Like, when you're the Packers and you're in this situation, you got to stay healthier. Even if Aaron doesn't play quite to that level, they can't afford injuries, and that's why I think the offensive line is paramount, and stopping the run in that division is going to be paramount. So I have a question for you, Jake. Did he play up to that level this year? Yeah, I think he did, but I don't think they leaned on him as much as they have in the past. They leaned on Aaron Jones a lot more. I don't. I didn't have a problem with the way Aaron Rodgers played this year. I thought he was phenomenal at times. He didn't put up the numbers because they didn't throw it as much as they have in the past. He had no weapons. Jimmy Graham's terrible. They had no two, no three, and no four receiver. I mean, Lazard was okay at times, but he's really like a three or four. Yeah. Now, you take Henry Ruggs from Alabama, if he's there when they pick, somehow – and you throw him on this offense, on the other side, now you've got something. You take another one in the second or third, maybe you do bring back Randall Cobb in the slot. you got some options now. You got, Aaron Rodgers had no legitimate guy in the slot to dump it off to. They were running Geronimo Allison 
and Van Vandel Scantling deep all the time because they could both run. The only guy that Devonte Adams is the only true receiver that they have that can run the whole route tree and then do anything right after the catch. That's why I like Chenault as well. If he's there, mm-hmm. that body that's fast, it's like a running back that's going to hold up to that weather in that division. Jamie, I want you to run through the cap situation just real quickly so people have context for what Rogers' contract is going to look like over the next couple of years. Yeah, so for the restructured deal, uh, right now this year in 2020, it's actually not too bad. It's only $21.6 million. Yeah. Uh, it's his cap hit. Uh, but it then shoots way up in the final three years. Next year will be 36.35, <laughs> uh, 39.85 in 2022, and 28.35 in 2023. That's what, and that's why I mentioned it because this year another window where there's a dramatic difference yeah, between what it looks. Like. Fifteen million dollars. Yeah, fifteen million dollars, a lot of money. And then the next year it's thirty-eight million dollars, right? Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Yeah. You know how you know how you fix that next year? You give him the fifteen million up front, and then that cap drops back to where it is this year. Now you still get you still get a cap hit for giving him that signing bonus and kind of technically restructuring it, but he's going to get all of the shedder. No, I, that's oh, yeah. he's been waiting on. He ain't giving up any of it. But you can move it around. I mean, go back to like the Cardinals three or four years ago. Larry Fitzgerald was going to make twenty. He ended up playing on a ten million dollar cap hit, but they gave him ten up front. He got all twenty. People were like he took a discount. No, he didn't. He got all twenty million dollars. They were just smart on how they did it. They're going to have to do something like this because you jumped to thirty six, thirty eight million dollars. That that's four or five starters. Like yeah. nobody can nobody can play to that level, including Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's that was why I wanted to bring that up because that dollar amount is is a lot, and it's also in it's it, it's retroactive to probably what he deserved for a couple of years now, and we might not see that Aaron anymore. He's also an older guy; like he's he's going to be great, but we probably we may have seen the best version of him, and he wasn't getting paid like it. Right? You so, put Aaron Rodgers on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you see the best damn version you've ever seen in his career. Well, he, he has no weapons. He had weapons. One dude is legit. Two dudes. Aaron, Aaron Jones is, is solid. They had nothing else. Nothing. They were. I, they, I don't know how they. Their record. I don't know how the record was that good. Their defense was that. And I think. I think the record was that good. They. They played nobody. They won a lot of close games. But that's because they had Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I don't see a diminishing Aaron Rodgers yet. They got to surround him with people that are better than what they've had in the past. Jake, I, I have a great trade offer for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you Aaron Rodgers in Tampa Bay, okay, for just nothing. So please Done. just take him. Get him out of the division. There will be a great trade. I think everyone in Green Bay will sign off on it. It's going to be wonderful. Can't is wait this, coming, this is coming from the unofficial commissioner of the, of the NFC North? Yes, this is actually. Who happens to be the biggest Bears fan? Yeah, yeah the I, queen, super, yes. I supersede everybody in the NFC North by making all decisions. So here we go. Just trading away. Trading away, Aaron. I think he likes the warmer weather. You know, he's from California, really wants to have some weapons. Heard the weapons are great in Tampa Bay. He's ready. He's, he's on his way. I'll just ship him out there. Uh, all right. We're moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, who. Yeah, Jamie Jamie texted us in our group chat this weekend and said, oh, boy, wait until you see Minnesota's cap situation. And we're looking through these documents and everything. You're, you're looking at the cap space. And we're going to see red. First team I saw with red was Jacksonville. The Minnesota Vikings are red, but they're more than Jacksonville. Quite a bit more. Minus $11.4 million on the cap with 52 guys under contract. Jamie, that's um, not good for the people uh, scoring at home. It's not ideal for the people scoring at home. Uh, key free agents. Let's run through a couple of these guys. They don't have a lot, 
and they don't have a lot of money to get there. No, but Anthony Harris is going to be a big loss for them. He, he graded out as the number one safety by yep. Pro Football Focus. He was really, really good, and somebody's going to be really excited to pay him a lot of money this offseason. Uh, Trey Waynes, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, and Andrew Sandejo are also other key pieces of their secondary. So it's really you're really looking at uh, a secondary that struggled a lot last year because I think Xavier Roach is a strong cut candidate as well uh, to save $8.1 million on the cap. That secondary might have to need, uh, basically, a complete reworking uh, this offseason. But they're in an interesting spot because it's all going to depend on what they want to do with their cousins because they can relieve a lot of this, a lot of their issues depending on what they do with Kirk Cousins, whether if they sign to an extension, uh, they can free up more than that $11.4 million that they're, they're over the cap. I believe it's closer to $20 million, depending on the type of extension that they do. So it'll be very interesting to see, because if they're ready to move on from Cousins after this year, they're going to be in a bit of a crunch because they're just, they're just not going to be able to do much with the cap space that they have. They're going to have to start cutting a lot of guys. Yeah, and those guys are all on defense. Linval Joseph, stud. Everson Griffin, captain and stud. Xavier Rhodes, I agree with you. But they're still taking a $4.8 million penalty and only saving 8.1. Harrison Smith, superstar stud. Yeah. Captain, like, you're not getting rid of him either. He might restructure because he's a team. Maybe because he's a team guy. Everson Griffin, you maybe could restructure a little bit. You can't get rid of all those guys and lose Anthony Harris. Or you're, I mean, it's just that's seven or eight defensive starters on a damn good defense. I, I, I don't know what you do other than you have to extend Kirk Cousins, restructure this deal so the cap limitations are tiny this year. You can move it out two or three years and buy yourself a time. They're in the same window, right? They've got a two or three year window where they can make a run if they stay healthy, but they can't lose seven or eight defensive starters. And now, like, okay, if you lose Anthony Harris, you go to the draft. They have to have a corner. If they lose either defensive lineman, they have to have a defensive lineman. They have to have a safety. I guess you could take the top available guy in the first round, depending on which one of these guys you lose. I mean, if McKinney or Grant Delpit fall that far, you're not going to feel that bad about losing um, Anthony Harris, especially if you keep Harrison Smith. But, damn, and Zendejo has played a huge role in this defense in the past when those guys have been hurt. I mean, you're talking about losing all three starting corners. Yeah, no. This I don't is, know how uh, you replace that when you have no yeah. money to go out in the, in the fantasy market and get anybody. That's the, the this team, right? For a long time, obviously, we know who Mike Zimmer is. He wants to play defense. He wants to run the football, and people have been run out of town for that. This when when Jamie sent this over, and I started really looking at potentially how different this team is going to have to look on defense. I mean, these guys, they're not, they're going to have, it's going to, it's not going to be the same defense they run out there. And I think there's no way I know the Minnesota fans. I've seen the Kirk Cousins stuff and Jamie has it on for fun. If they trade Kirk Cousins, pre, they're not, he's staying there. He's there. Nobody's in this market. No, they're not trading for Kirk Cousins. There's too many other quarterbacks available. And listen, he won a huge playoff game for this team and he's staying. Like, I, I, I hate to tell you, you got to figure out how to win with Kirk Cousins, and you got to figure out what to do with your defense because this is going to look really different next year, Jamie. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just keep looking at this, and, and some of the numbers that Jake was referencing, like players they could cut to actually save any reasonable amount of cap space. I mean, you could always free up a million or two million somewhere, but uh, they're just, again, they're all good players. I mean, Linval Joseph, you're not cutting him, but it would be $10.6 million on the cap to save with a $2.4 million penalty. Everson Griffin, a stud, $13.1 million, 800 k penalty. Again, not somebody you want to cut. 
Uh, Harrison Smith, again, excellent, 8.8 .8 million with a 2 million. Xavier Rhodes had a bad year, would be the only one, but he's now the only starting member of the secondary you've got left. Uh, and he's a $4.8 million dollar said, penalty there. Yeah, so you stole, you're still taking a penalty on it. So, but you also, literally, it's not like you can sit back and do nothing. You literally can't go. <laughs> you're still negative 11.4 million. I mean, I know the cap's going to probably go up a little, a little bit more, but like we also have rookie rookie cap carryover that you're going to have to hold over for your picks this year. So you're going to have to do something. And I think the only thing they can do, aside from having like four or five guys to structure their deal, is doing a one-year extension with Kirk Cousins. Up. Again, all this money was guaranteed, so I have to yeah. see what you do. Do you have to guarantee basically next year's money and give it up front? I mean, that's really your only reasonable scenario that I could see them making this work without cutting half. Which, which, has a, which has a penalty, right? So even if they do give them some of that yeah. money up front, there's still a cap hit with that. Now, you can move that out even if he's not there for like three or four years, but now you're getting into some dangerous territory, the dead money just sitting there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you almost have to cut Everson Griffin or go to him and say, okay, we need to extend you. You've been here a long time. You're a piece of this. You're a captain. we got to have you. But we can't have you at thirteen million on the on the on the cap this year. That's that kills us. But I don't know what you do. You can't lose all of these guys. I mean, you could draft a couple corners, a safety, and hope you do what the Bucks did this year. And that, that young safety, that young secondary sucks early, and they play really good down the stretch. But this team is too good to have a bad secondary. There's, they're not. The Bears are going to be better. The Vikings cannot sit there in that division and have a weak secondary. Like, they just can't do it. It's, it's especially interesting when you, when you think about the context, and we always talk about the coaching staffs and the GMs and, and how this team, although they made the postseason last year, they weren't making the postseason to finish second place to Green Bay again and to go or like the year prior finishing second place to the Chicago Bears. This team's expectations were winning, going and winning a Super Bowl, and they haven't gotten there. And there was heat on Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman this year. And there's going to be heat going into this year because they're tied to Kirk Cousins in this success. And this is going to be – this team is going to – all of a sudden, when Jamie sent it over, I was like, wow, this is this is not very good if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan because the identity of your football team for a very long time has been this defense, and a lot of these guys are not going to be there next year. Paige, that's a great point. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. The only other thing you can do here is almost kind of throw your hands up on 2020. Because if, if you don't want to, if you don't want to get, I mean, look, you, you almost have to, even with the penalty, you almost have to cut Xavier Rhodes because not only would you save the eight point eight million this year, you're saving fourteen something million next year. Yeah. Uh, with only, I believe, a two million dollar penalty. So I think at that point, you might look at this and say, next year, if you cut Xavier Rhodes, you'll have again, you have to forget your quarterback situation, but you'll have pretty much most of these guys again, not the. You're not your, your free agents like Anthony Harris, but you'll have most of the guys you currently have now. Yeah. And you'll have 37-ish, assuming the cap doesn't go up at all, which it will, but yeah. you know, the cap doesn't go up at all, you'll have 37-ish million dollars in cap space next season. Now, you still got to sign a quarterback. You still got to do some other things. It's not, you know, it's not like all that money is going to be free and clear. But this is really going to be a one-year issue for you for the most part. So it'd be interesting to see if they try to, if they eat up some of that cap space for future years, or if they say, 
all right, let's cut Rhodes. We can cut a couple other guys, and let's just kind of be like, eh, we'll see what happens. Or if they go, we have to make the – it's just going to have to be whether or not they think Kirk Cousins is good enough that they say, you know what, we have to try something with him so we can compete this year. And, I mean, that's yeah, really all it comes down to because they can't do anything else. No, I mean, you cut Xavier Rhodes, you restructure Cousins, and you go back next year with the same team you had this year, which when you look at on paper, the reason I was so high on him – it's one of the most well-rounded teams in the NFL. It's one of the very few that have the ability to finish top five, top seven in offense and defense. You could put most of that back out on the field. Xavier Rhodes was terrible until the playoffs this year. He was, it's by far his worst year that he had. And Cousins, for a stretch, was the MVP. He had ups and, ups and downs, but there was a seven- or eight-week span there. He was player of the month and was the MVP of the league. You put the same team, but you're going to lose Anthony Harris. That's huge. You're losing two backup corners. And Zendejo, if there's any – I mean, you're not going to be as good on defense, but you still should be really good if you can keep that defensive line together. You have one of the best pass rushers in Hunter. Uh, Everson Griffin's a beast on the other side. He hasn't lost anything. So, yeah, I mean, but that's a great point, Paige. They've been in that window, but they finished second in their division in the last two years. They should have been better than that, but they weren't. And now they're going to be – Five to eight percent less just on paper by losing those couple guys. I mean, I don't think you can replace enough of them in the draft. No, the, the the point was you moved on from Case Keenum two years after being in an NFC Championship game and losing to Philadelphia. You lost that football game, and you thought you were upgrading to Kirk Cousins. That this was you were in a window of time, and you were going to take a step forward. You took two steps backwards, two years in a row, and you haven't been there. You haven't even sniffed it. You haven't gotten close. And that's the problem for Minnesota is that was the big offseason move. We're going we're gonna to get the quarterback that's going to take us from, okay, we went to an NFC championship, championship game with Case Keenum, but guess what? We need a better quarterback. We're going to go get Kirk Cousins, and guess what happened? It didn't get better. They, they regressed. And that's an issue for them. And that's an issue that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman have to answer because this is what's happening in Minnesota. Yeah. And there's going to be a, some serious heat. And by the way, that's a $10 million difference between Case Keenum that's exactly and Kirk right. Cousins. If you're talking about Case Keenum still being the guy, we're talking about their $1 million in the hole, and it's easily fixable. Absolutely. And so looking at the draft, uh, the mock draft that Ben Solak did for the draftnetwork.com today. Uh, a little bit of a surprising pick for Minnesota. He has him taking Neville Gallimore, the, the interior defensive lineman out of Oklahoma. With, with Delpit and, and Gladney still on the board, I think you have to take one of those guys in the secondary because I don't see how they solve this issue otherwise. Yeah. No, because I, I, don't, I don't think there's any way they're cutting Linval Joseph. Everybody's assuming they need defensive line help, which maybe they need other guys. But if Delpit's still on the board and you're going to lose Anthony Harris, you put Delpit and, and freaking Harrison Smith together – you maybe have the best back end in football with, with guys that are both very versatile, that can blitz, that can cover. That, that could fix a lot of needs right there. Yeah, this, uh, this, this team is, in, is in, a, in a very interesting transitional phase, and I think the should not be understated what I'm talking about from a the heat is on because I know that the team went to the postseason, but I can assure you we saw it and it was reported there was heat on that team, on that coaching staff, on that GM. And it's for the reasons I laid out. It's plain and simple. They wanted to move forward. They made a move. 
the move has not taken them where the expectation was. And they didn't even they didn't even stay at the same pace. They regressed. And that's the problem. And now they're in a position where they're gonna look a lot different. So it's this is gonna be a team that we pay very, very close attention to. I mean, they're right there. They're in their window, but they're probably in the last year of that window before they gotta yeah. blow it up and lose four or five guys and get to that cap space when you're thirty or forty million it's, under and then you can restructure some things. But this is the last year of it. I agree with Jamie. You kinda of go all right, throw your hands up. We restructure this. We cut one guy. We're under the we're under the cap. We can sign our rookies, and we're rolling it back out next year. We got to stay healthy and make a run. You run it back, right? You run it back, and you see if it works out. Uh, I think it's gonna be pretty tough in, in in this division where you assume Green Bay is gonna at least be probably. They're, I, I assume they're gonna regress from thirteen to three, but they're gonna be the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers healthy. They're gonna be good, and I think the Bears are gonna take a step forward and. Listen, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins hasn't beat Chicago Bears over the last couple of years. He hasn't beat Minnesota's 0-4 against the Bears over the last two seasons. So it doesn't yeah, even matter. All three of those teams could be 10-11 win teams. It's That's a matter exactly of how much, they, how much who beats the other ones. Yep, and I don't think if, if Stafford's in Detroit, they're not terrible. That's exactly we'll, we'll get to them in a minute. They've got some cap space. They've got some pieces. They damn sure got weapons on offense if they keep him. They could beat any of them on any given weekend. I mean, that's that that then that would kill your season right there. Yeah, that's that's this division though. This division is always pretty close to each other. They always play each other pretty tough, and it's it's been. It, it, that's why I said Minnesota's in an interesting position. All right, moving on. The Chicago Bears. They have a small amount of cap space, but there's a couple of guys that, for for instance, Kyle Long already uh, retired, so they're going to move some of that money, and they've got other guys that they're going to move on from. Five and a half million dollars in cap space, fifty three guys under contract. Jamie, run through some of these key free agents because there's been a couple of these guys uh, that have played a, a huge part for the Chicago Bears defense specifically. Yeah, I look at the linebacking core. I look at Nick Kwiatkowski and Danny Trevathan is probably the biggest names on this. Haha, Clinton Dix as well. Uh, Cornelius Lucas, a tackle, and Nick Williams. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those ones where I, I think those linebackers might be going elsewhere. I think there's there's more money to be had for them outside of Chicago. I mean, nothing, those, those losses are going to hurt. Um, but it's weird because if you look back at their defense this year, by a lot of measures, they were better than the defense from two years ago, despite yeah. people not looking at them the same way and not giving them the same amount of credit and focusing on, particularly the first half of the season, focusing on Trubisky's struggles as the main focal point around the Bears, that they actually played as a better defense yeah. uh, last year. Uh, so, But again, you don't want to lose too many of these pieces. But, I mean, to me, we, we've talked about this all offseason. The key for them is – Really, can they can they get another uh, can they get a more traditional tight end into this offense? Can they get a, a veteran slash veteran ish doesn't have to be old guy, but veteran quarterback to push Trubisky in camp? Uh, and can they replace Kyle Long? And I think those are going to be the issues we're going to talk about all along. Um, the few guys again, Kyle Long's money is going to going to come off the books, which will put them out closer to fourteen million dollars in cap space, and they have some decisions to make on Prince Mukamara. Um, just because of the cap situation, I don't think in normal circumstances you would move on, but given $9 million in savings, that might be something that you consider. Uh, Cordell Patterson has been great on special teams, but yeah. do you, if you need to free up some money there, uh, and Leonard Floyd, which I don't think is going anywhere. Yeah. I, I don't know how you move on from any of those guys. I mean, Cordell Patterson at $4.8 go to the Pro Bowl, as vital as he is all over the place, playing so multiple, whether it's receiver, running back, fitting in, there's no way they're moving on from that. Uh, Prince at nine million, maybe he restructures by the doubt it. I don't know how you move on from a starting corner. I don't know how you move on from a starting pass rusher on the opposite side of the superstar. It's thirteen point two with a zero hit. 
maybe, but then you got to jump in this mix of, okay, if we let him go, can we get one of these guys that's on the market cheaper? I doubt it. $13 million is up there, but it's not crazy for a premier pass rusher. To me, the biggest thing is how you replace Kyle Long. That was your road-grading dog on that offensive line, and you have to run the freaking ball with this situation you have on offense. To me, everything is based off of what they do in this offseason to help this offensive line. I think they got to draft offensive linemen. I think they got to potentially jump in somehow and re-sign one of those guys. But you can't lose both linebackers either. One of those two has to come back. When Trevathan got hurt, Kwiatkowski was a freaking beast. He's a tackling machine. I don't think you can lose both. I think Trevathan probably demands more money on the open market, even though how they're ranked right there, I think that's a lot of because Trevathan was hurt. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, they they got to have they got to throw out a road grade and offensive line with a dog up there, and they, that's, they lost that guy. And I don't know how you replace that, but to me, I mean, you tell me, Paige, you're the freaking the Bears expert and Bears fan, but if they don't fix some offensive line issues. That quarterback's not playing any better, and that ain't helping anybody. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. The, the thing with Kyle to mention is, and I and I love Kyle. Kyle, I know him well. He's a great dude. He's never been able to play 16 games for this football team. Never. Right. He, he, it has been a big issue for this team. That's why I retire early. That he garnered, yeah. which was totally justified. But he's retiring early because he's had so many injuries. I mean, his body is just beat up. And as tough as that dude was – he just couldn't he, – he couldn't get there all the time, and he's, he's regressed. And I think it's, it's good for the Bears that there wasn't a decision that had to be made, that he could retire on his own, and they couldn't make an inevitably tough decision and probably the right decision to move on from him if he decided to play football again this year because he just – he couldn't get his body to where it needed to be. And this, is, this has been the consistency and the chemistry problem that existed and a lot of the reason that Trubisky struggled specifically this year. They need to protect him. They need to run the football. They need to be the Chicago Bears. That's that is number one thing to handle. You you I think all these guys are staying. Obviously Kyle Long gone. I think Cordell Patterson is a no brainer for what he brought to that team in special teams. Prince is a huge piece of this defense, a vocal leader in that locker room, a great dude. I know him well. Um, and Leonard Floyd on the opposite side. I know the money. You look at the money and you go, yeah, okay, but, but not for his skill position. Th- like, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly. That's, he would get more than that if he was a tech, if he was a free agent tomorrow. He's getting. It's basically a million a sack for that position, and he's right exactly there. Exactly right. I I can't imagine that they're. I think they're going to keep all those guys. Maybe they try and restructure a little bit, but I think they run it back. They know this team was eight and eight, and they know if they can play better football. I mean, they're two field goals away from the postseason, guys. I mean, that's the that's that's where they were this year. They're two field goals away from being in the postseason. I like Pinheiro. Uh, I know people were upset with what happened, but the dude got hurt, and Jake can speak to being a kicker and being hurt. Uh, in a place like Chicago on crappy grass, yeah, it's not easy, period, for a kid from Florida. I mean, all of a yeah, sudden, uh... the conversation looks really different if Pinheiro hits two field goals and this team beat Minnesota twice, and they're in the postseason and Minnesota's not. I mean, all there's one name I think they they got on value here, but he's getting older. But he would fit what I'm talking about, and that's Mikey Potty. Yeah, big, massive guard, road grade dog. I just don't know how much he has left. I don't know how much of of his old self he is, but he's probably going to be able to fit in their cap space for a guy that you could get away with for another year or two. 
plugging in for Kyle Long at that guard position. I don't think you're going to be able to be in. You're definitely not going to be in the mix for Sheriff or Tooney. Maybe Glasgow, but I, I would guess Detroit's going to make a run to keep him there. Uh, then you're getting into that secondary tier, and your potty's an older guy. I don't think he's going to command a ton of money. I think you might be able to get away with paying him less than you had Kyle on the books for. But I don't know that you can re-sign either one of your linebackers at that point. So you're losing a bunch of you draft. You jump into the offensive line on the draft. I got running back. I got probably linebacker. Yeah, and, and if you're serious about bringing in a veteran quarterback, that's going to factor in because you essentially got to figure you're working with $14 million of cap space. Yeah. You're trying, if you want to sign one of those linebackers, you want to bring in a guard, you can't. I don't think you can afford Mariota at that point. No. Uh, so then you're bringing back a Chase Daniel, are you bringing back a, bringing in a Brett Hundley, are you bringing somebody like that? And is that, do you find that to be worth your while? Yeah. Is that somebody that you would feel confident really pushing Trubisky? Because at that point, because I mean, there are guys that are going to push Trubisky. Yeah. And then there are guys that are going to be like, we'll pretend that they're going to, they're battling in training camp and it, they're, they're viable competition, but they don't really have a chance to start 12 games. They don't have a chance to Taney Hill yeah. this for the Bears. For next sure. Year. No, this is a perfect example of why we do this show, guys. This is just like we talked about the Cardinals and Kirk Cousins and some of those teams a few years ago. We're in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. No, you're not. You're not in the Andy Dalton sweepstakes in Chicago. The perfect dude to bring in who I think would beat Trubisky out. But you can't afford him. Even if he restructures, you got one year, $17 million. Even if he restructures that out for a couple of years, there, there's no way you could pull that off. You lose too many pieces, then you now downgrade your team to have a backup quarterback. Because even if he beats him out, True is still the guy. you got too much in him. He's your dude. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could pull off Mariota. I don't think he's commanding a ton of money. You could probably replace Chase Daniels with Mariota for maybe a million-dollar swap. I don't think that's that big of an issue, but I don't think that makes you that much better either. Yeah, I, I don't – it's one of the things that I try to, to lay out there for Bears fans on social for, for them who are all worked up about getting another quarterback in there. And I, I'm just trying to tell you, it's Trubisky. Like, they don't have the cap to go get another guy. They're they can't move on from him. He's locked in for a while. So, like, the whole Cam Newton ain't coming for $5 million, no, period. No. Nor is he making you any better. Exactly right. It's, it's Ryan Pace is tied to Trubisky, guys. That's it. Ryan Pace has, has, has drafted so well. He has. He has drafted so well. But it doesn't matter because we know what, what at the end of the day, this is what he's going to be known for. It's not that he got Eddie Jackson in the fourth round, which is one of the best picks the Bears have had in forever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he moved up to take his guy, and Trubisky has to be that dude. And I think he can be good enough to be – I saw this guy be good enough. I don't know that he can. He has. He has been good enough for this team to be good, for this team to compete. They just need to stop being so damn cute, Matt Nagy, and run the football. And, and, and let him run. Let Trubisky do what he does. Let him be athletic. Let him run the football. Protect him. Get better on that offensive line. And just know that they're not – listen, I'd love to see Andy Dalton. I would love to see Andy Dalton in Chicago. I have been leading this train for a while. But then I looked at the cap situation and I go, it's not freaking happening. It's not. Nobody's trading, nobody's trading for Trubisky, period. End of story. Not happening. So you can't move on. So he's your guy. I'd love to see Andy Dalton there, too. I wouldn't mind seeing Cam Newton there. I don't think you're any better. You're probably worse because I think Trubisky is probably better on the run, throws it better on the run than Cam at this point, and I think he throws it better from the pocket at this point from Cam, than Cam. 
the fans might be excited about it, but you're not getting the old Cam back. This whole notion of if he's healthy, he's LeBron James. No, he's not. No, he's not. He, no, because he's playing from the pocket, and that's not ever going to be his game. And not in Chicago in a windy environment when he didn't throw a good ball anyway. That's not happening. Look, the great thing is Ryan Pace is a really good team all the way around. They're just like the Vikings. They could be. Anthony Miller healthy is a was a beast. Allen Robinson, we've talked about, is a star. Not in the making. He should be just considered a star at this point. You've got some other weapons on offense you can get creative with. I think they need another solid back, but it could be a fourth or fifth round guy. Uh, a lot like they got Montgomery in the third, but they need another guy that's like that. Bring Jordan Howard back, but you don't have the money to do that. Um, they're good everywhere, but you cannot lose both of these linebackers and not replace them with anybody. Yeah, but that de- that defense doesn't go. The way that defense is set up is for those guys to fly around. You got Roquan Smith, superstar, but you got to have a secondary piece to that, and it can't just be a guy. No, they got to get a tight end, too. That's By the way, they're going to need a safety. I mean, if Ha-Ha Clinton Dix is gone, who does the, who who have been so lucky to have them take in the first round? Well, so they don't have a first-round pick because uh, that was part of the MAC deal. But they've got two second-round picks. Uh, and there he has them taking Bryson Hopkins, the tight end out of Purdue, yep. uh, and Sadiq Charles, the tackle out of LSU, with their two second-round picks. I don't hate that. I don't I don't hate yeah. that. I mean, that's yeah. – that's two big-time needs that you got to fix. I think this defense is going to be damn good, even if they get a veteran safety. Say it's Trey Boston that, that fits yeah. in in that back end who's going to be cheap, who's at the end of his career, but he's super smart. Or Antoine Bethea, a guy like that that's – they've lost a step, but they're so damn smart. They're in positions. They're going to make picks in that defense. And Antoine Bethea is a great one because he played for Chuck Pagano in Indy. So he's yeah. going to know everything going on. He's going to fit right in. He was with James Betcher in New York the last two years after being out here with us in Arizona. But he was with Chuck for a long time. To me, that name is going to be cheap and can fit in, and you're still not going to lose a ton. So that defense is going to be great with a guy like that in the back end. And you're not losing yeah. anything. That's, maybe that's one of those you know, May free agents. You get through the draft. You see what you got left. You, maybe you try to make a trade here or there to get some of those pieces off and get some capital. But – you're going to be solid. You just got to stay healthy. You got to have damn good quarterback play. But to me, you got to have some offensive line help to do that. I agree. It's it. I think this is it's. I it's to simplify it. It's shore up this offensive line, get another running back, and let Trubisky do what he is good at: being athletic. Let him run. Here's another ball, piece out of two page. I mean, if they just play conservative on offense, yes, run the ball, it. run the ball, take a shot, get better on third and short. Extend drives, keep the defense fresh. You're going to be in a ton of games, a ton of close games. You're going to have to learn how to win those close games. As you said, they they make two field goals, they make the playoffs. But they got cute and cost themselves some games where if they just ran the rock, and maybe they didn't trust Montgomery early as the running back, being a rookie. To me, if they played a lot more conservative with that defense and leaned on it, play really good special teams. You have one of the best special teams players in the league, Cordell Patterson. You're going to be in a lot of games. You just got to win those close games. But I think they're going to be better. They got to play better on the offensive line. Trubisky, he's so good on the move. It's kind of like we talked about with Deshaun Watson. If as long as he's not getting a hit on his last step, you let him bounce around for a second. If there's nothing there, he is, he's one of the best in the league throwing on the run. Yep. And he does, I talk about it all the time. He does not get enough credit for his athleticism. The dude could flat run. He has a couple of the greatest quarterback runs we've seen in the NFL in the last couple of years. But he's got, he can't get hit on that last step. Right, they got to get better quarterback play or offensive line play, and it's got to be better road grading push 
We're going to run a 22 doubles, double team the freaking defensive tackle. We're running it right there. We don't need a fullback to do it. And let David Montgomery make a cut and see if you can make a run. But if you're getting four or five yards of pop doing that, you could play action off of that. And if they could add a nice play action game to this, I think Trubisky will be just fine. I think you will too. And I'm, I'm, I've, I've seen it. I've watched him be successful. And that's why I know that it, it can happen. And it gives me, for, for Bears fans, with the exception, they went one and one with Green Bay a year ago, but, and they lost two games to Green Bay. Uh, with the exception of Green Bay, they have owned this division. They, Matt Nagy has come in and took care of both Minnesota and Detroit, 4 and 0 against those teams over the last two years. Split with Green Bay in year one, lost two games. They, they got to focus on what they got to do to beat Green Bay. I'm not worried about Minnesota. They own Minnesota. And Detroit's got to get better. Like that's that's what they they need to they need to focus on what is it going to take to take this team a step further and in year one you saw that with Matt Nagy you saw that in the first game that they ended up losing just pissing away at the end and then they took care of business when it mattered against Aaron Rodgers at home that's what they need. To focus I, I on. think they can get to ten wins and you, look the other thing on Trubisky is you got to give this dude credit he sucked early I mean he looked like. He looked like he was so far in his own head, like he like he had the yips if he's golfing. And then he got hurt. Then he came back and he played his ass off for four weeks and didn't get any credit for it. He earned my respect because it's hard, man. Like anybody's played golf, you get the yips, you got something, you're in your own head, you hit a shank. It's hard to turn that round around. He did that. He played his ass off for four or five weeks there after going through all that, coming out of that injury, the separated shoulder. I think he's going to be okay. I think he'll be better. They got to help him be better. But he earned my respect with that. They got to get. If they get to ten wins. I think they can win that division. Yeah, I I agree. They gotta they gotta they gotta earn their respect, and you gotta know it's it's a tough place to play. Chicago's not much better than New York as far as media goes. It's a tough place to play, and and we can have the off season discussion about how he didn't play any at all in the preseason, and you could tell. Um, and Jake and I have had long discussions about. The, the rules changing and not getting as much practice and it being a huge disservice to guys in the league. He's one of those guys that I looked at and go, you needed to be practicing brother. You need it. You, you look like you haven't been You're in no rhythm. And, and that's, that's a whole nother off season discussion. So we'll finish up with the Detroit Lions who have the most cap space in the division, $45.8 million, 66 guys under contract. Jamie, run through these free agents uh, and let's let's discuss. Yeah, you've already brought up uh, Graham Glasgow, the, the offensive guard. We'll see if they're able to bring him back. Mike Daniels on the defensive line. Uh, Slot receiver Danny Amendola. Uh, Taven Wilson, the safety. Guard Kenny Wiggins. Interior defensive lineman Sean Robinson. And quarterback Rashawn Melvin are their unrestricted free agents right now. Uh, and as far as cap space goes, so – this is the, the point of discussion because the, the name, I mean, Devon Kennard's a guy if they wanted to, uh, I'm not sure they will, but if they want to, 5.7 million in savings to a 1.8 million penalty. The two guys that we talked about is whether or not they will trade Darius Slay or whether Slay wants out, whatever combination that would be. Uh, if he is traded, they would add another $10.5 million to the cap on a $2.9 million penalty. But the interesting one is Matthew Stafford. So if they trade him uh, prior to June 1, uh, they would actually take uh, an additional, they would not only be eating his entire current cap hit, they would also take an additional $10.7 million cap penalty on top of that. Wow. So I so I looked this up. So it's going to be interesting. So if they Ooh, trade, I did not know that part of it. Yeah. So if they actually traded him, they would have a $32 million in dead cap this year. He's, he's got it this season is 21.2. Everybody so can take that off the freaking radar of, of him being, unless nobody, I don't know how you get out of that. 
So I, there's no way that's happening at this point. You could take the, yeah, the Tua off the board to three. It ain't Stafford that's moving on to do that. So I, that makes the number three, I, they move out of that pick, in my opinion, absolutely now because you're keeping Stafford. Yeah, so let me run through this. So if this is first trade, so if they did this year, I already said they would have a $32 million cap. So they actually would lose another $10.7 million. Uh, if they trade him before next season, uh, it's they would free up $14 million in cap space, but $19 million dead money. Uh, if they trade him before the 2022 season, that's when they'd free up $20 million of cap space with only $6 million of dead money. Uh, so I, I don't, I can't foresee a scenario. Well, this season, I can't foresee a scenario at all. Next year, it wouldn't make sense unless somebody blows your socks off and you say, you know what, we're not competing anyway. We'll eat the dead money if somebody's going to give us, let's say, multiple first round picks or something of that nature. Uh, but I just can't see any way. And, and the GM came out and said they're not. The reports about them trading Stafford is complete fiction. This is why. Like, yeah. I don't see how they can make that. I, I know he's a guy we've talked about a lot, but now I'm, I'm looking into this. No I, way. I don't see a way this works. No. No, there's no way. Guys, it made a ton of sense. When we were talking about head coach, GM being tied together. They're in the last year. They have to win. But if maybe they start a rookie and they move on from Stafford, they buy themselves some time and they're restructuring some things here and there. They're in pretty good position because the free agents that they have are not really that many key pieces. They can replace a lot of those guys. Uh, they could move on from Slay. I don't know why they would other than if he just says, I want out. I finally want out of here. I'm a premier player. I'm not getting the credit. Not getting the love. I mean, Slay at ten million dollars is a bargain for as good as he is. Yeah. But you're yeah. still you're stuck with Stafford. That deal, there's no way in hell you could take that kind of penalty. I mean, that's coaching and GM death. Death. Like thirty two million and you don't have a premier superstar. If Matthew Stafford was available, he'd be the top free agent guy on the market, period. End of story with Brady, Breeze, Rivers, everybody else that's on there. He would be the most coveted guy. He's staying. There's no way they can move on from that. And their offense is going to be fine if that's the case. They got to run the ball better, which means they got to stay healthy. They probably need a little offensive line help. Uh, if you do move on from Slay, you're definitely, I think if they stay at three, Jeffrey Akuda is the guy. If they don't trade, if they trade that back, maybe they take, if he slips, maybe they still get him at five or six. Um, you're going to lose a couple other guys. You probably need some safety help. I mean, they they got some pieces on that defense. I think their whole draft is defense. Yeah. Because I mean, you're you're fine on offense. Your your weapons. You got the good young tight end who played well at times last year. You got both receivers. If the running back's healthy, you're okay. Maybe a little offensive line help, but you got a, you got some cap space. I mean, you you got some things you could go after. I mean, we have all defensive stuff down here for you know potential targets. If you lose Slay, you're not going to lose Slay and go get Byron Jones and pay him more than Darius Slay, or you would have paid Slay in the first place. They need linebacker help. you got all those linebackers we've been talking about, Corey Littleton. There's a bunch of guys. Jamie Collins, interesting, but I don't think he really fits what they do. But he probably does because you go back to the New England thing of who drafted him. He was with him. He's very multiple guy. Colin Vanoy we've talked about in some situations why Vanoy makes a lot of sense going to Tennessee. To me, there should be some offensive line guys on here that they're looking at. There should 100%. be in that. They, they could actually be in that Brandon Sheriff uh, category of signing that guard. They, they ran it pretty well at times. They need to run it better. They got to stay healthy there. They probably need another running back. They could draft one. But to me, their whole draft is defense, and that's drafting defensive skill position guys. Yeah, I envision that that's the way that they're going to head um, into this team. I think the the most interesting point of this is that Jamie brought to our attention something, which is why we're doing these shows. 
uh, about Matthew Stafford. There is no way he is playing football in Detroit next year. Like that's that. There's no way that they're gonna make this happen because it doesn't make any sense. That's 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 why that's why we do these shows, right? Like I hate going back to that a million times, but it's the truth. Which like, is okay, so- by the way. I mean, saying you're going into season with Matthew Stafford for some reason, Detroit fans don't love that. They should be friggin' ecstatic. But that's still their quarterback with Marvin Jones, Galladay. They got pieces. They got the young tight end. Here's the thing. Could you get a, a late one for Darius Slay? Could you move out of three and move back? And you could maybe end up with three first-round picks. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Now we're talking. Now, that, more that, you could. Yeah. Now you got to replace one of them with a corner. But if Akuda slips and you go from three to six, you could still get one. You could get one of those safeties, and you could probably get a tackle. Yeah, now you're talking about a different team building for the future. That you still have the cap space to go grab a, a another guard, and then draft a running back, draft another one. You, you need them. You were super thin when you got hurt. So I don't hate that at all that they're stuck with Stafford. I mean, those are big numbers. You, you're, but he's elite. Stafford gets no credit for being a top seven talent in the league. One hundred percent. Name me. Name me. 10 better guys than Matthew Stafford, a quarterback. You can't. You can't. Yeah. No, I have long I have long argued with Detroit fans on Twitter and said, please allow Matthew Stafford to come to Chicago. I will gladly take him off your hands since you are so sure that he is not good enough to win you games. I can assure you, Matthew Everybody Stafford- would. Another one. Put him in Tampa. He throws for 6,000 yards. Yeah, please. Please and thanks. I mean – and Stafford's a great dude. Him and his wife are great people. They do so much work. They're great to Detroit. I just, I never understand what, this is ownership. This is ahead, above him. There have been bad decisions made. There's been bad coaching decisions made. This is, this is not on Stafford. Tough ass dude who just took lick after lick. I mean, he just would get hit. And that's what they need to do. They need to make sure they protect this guy coming off a big time injury. They need him to make sure he's upright, and they haven't addressed that. If they do, they're going to put up numbers on offense. But they could, here's, a, here's an interesting scenario, too. they got enough cap space to go, okay, Logan Ryan, former New England Patriot. They could go Jamie Collins, former New England Patriot. They could go Kyle Van Oy, former New England Patriot. All played for the pencil. They'd all fit into what they want to do and be multiple. They'd be better on defense. They could also sign one of these linebackers other than Jamie Collins they're a lot better at linebacker. They got to start with Jared Davis if he can stay healthy, who's a beast when he is. That defense is okay. If you do trade Slay, you got to draft one. But if you say you draft, you move back and you still get Slay at six. And then you get McKinney in the mid-rounds if you picked up another one for, for trading Slay. Now it's really interesting. Like you're, You just got a hell of a lot better in a, on a defense that wants to be multiple and look a lot like the Tennessee Titans. But you're going to put up 27 points a game with that offense. Yeah, right? no, I'm, I, I, I'm interested if they are running a the team. They're going to – if, if all of that happened, they're better. And that's not a team you want to play with Matthew Stafford if he gets hot, if you get a little offensive line help. Yeah, it's – they can get better. I just don't – I don't trust Detroit to make the right moves yet. I got to see it happen because I've seen a lot of Detroit not making moves. And I know Detroit fans don't want to hear that, but they, they've been suffering for a long time. They're They're ready for this team to make – to make moves. And I, I know it's, they're kind of in this weird phase. They got Stafford, but they have a coaching staff, which is why we initially looked at that position and went, okay, they could probably move on from Stafford, but they're not going to. And you shouldn't, we, we said stuck with Stafford, but you should be thankful to have Stafford. Okay. Guy is a yeah. great quarterback. 
great quarterback. You're lucky to have Stafford. And like I said, if I'm the, as the queen of the NFC North, I'm happy to make a trade. I got a great trade for you, Detroit. I will send Mitchell Trubisky yesterday to you for Matthew Stafford, okay? I'll even throw in some deep dish pizzas since y'all love our deep dish pizzas so much, okay? So just relax over there with with how much uh, Stafford slander there is. Uh, we're going to end this podcast Before with... Before we get that, let's get into the one interesting piece here is that Ben has the Lions trading back. Uh, and Ooh, okay. Carolina trading up for this pick to take yeah, two. Yeah, love so, it. Uh, and he has, uh, just to, we can talk about the trade deal. Essentially, he has him taking Okuda at seven. So okay. the, we've, the scenario we've all talked about, can they trade back a few spots to wherever it is, whether it's Miami, whether it's the Chargers, whether it's Carolina, whatever it is. Oh, the Miami Dolphins Okuda. fans are weeping at this um, mock draft. Yes, and then he has the, the Carolina Panthers sending this year's number seven, uh, number 38, next year's one, next year's four, and 2022's two. Woo! So two, two ones, two twos, and a four, essentially. Love it. Uh, to move on. That is insane for Carolina, but that's what this number three pick is going to command for yep. Detroit. If they get if they get that, then you don't trade Slade for another one. You put a Cuda and Slade next to each other on yep. like on those are, those are your starting corners, and then still maybe you got to get McKinney or Delpit in that first round when you pick up that extra pick. Whoo! Yeah, all of a sudden, that secondary is legit. Yeah, the no-fly zone. That all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that defense looks. You're really talking about lockdown corners yes. playing some deep. Now you don't have any pass rushers, but in this defense, they blitz a lot. They try to get multiple, but say okay, say you don't go after all those other guys, and you go get Nduque. Yeah, one of these pass rushers, mm-hmm. uh, Dante Fowler, Bud Dupree, somebody that can come off the edge. I. I don't know. I, I mean, they could make a jump. I don't think they're going to be great, but that offense is going to be good if they can keep that offensive line playing pretty well and they keep the running backs healthy. Let me be very clear. I hope none of any of these things happen, and I hope I hope I can am able to continue to make fun of the inevitable Detroit being the dumpster fire of the NFC North. So I hope that none of this stuff happens, but that is quite the haul. And as we've discussed about the Carolina Panthers, we expect them to be very aggressive in this upcoming draft. As they I don't are- know about this draft. I could see them sitting back and waiting and being crazy aggressive next year. I still okay. think they might be in the play. Like I said, players will never be in tank mode, but I can see organizationally the way they're setting this up for the long term, going all in on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Re- restructure mode. The only way you're moving up to three is to take a quarterback. Is to take a quarterback. Yeah, it's uh. Listen, I I get it. I understand. Tank for Trevor. It's going to be a thing, and it's going to be a thing early on this season. I know that for sure. Unless they unless they love Tua that much, I'm just trying to think of like regionally. Uh, who they're selling tickets, right? Uh, who they're building this thing on? If they think it's Tua, he's. You hope you're not planning this year. But if you're going to give up that much, and you just lost a ton, by the way, that old defense is now old and gone. I don't know that you could give up a first, a second, a first next year, a fourth, and a second. And I, that's a they look at the Rams. They, that they that hurts. Right. Not to happen. And I don't, I don't know that that's – listen, from all accounts, too, is it, obviously we had some injury updates that hit, everything is going on schedule, that he's in a good place, so that matters. That news came out last week. I, I think it, what happens between now – the fun thing is, this is why I love this time of the year. It's February 17th. The draft is a little over two months away. Between now and the draft, there is going to be so much information that comes out about all this stuff, right, about the quarterbacks – uh, myself and Jake are going to be in Indianapolis in, in about 10 days. There's a lot, of inf- a lot of time. That's what happens. You get all these guys in the same place, okay, all the GMs, all the head coaches. All of a sudden, there's going to be a lot of conversation happening around all this stuff, 
right? They're all together. There's conversations happening. There's potential trades being bargained over ahead of time, right? Before we get into free agency, it's going to be, this is why we pay attention this time because yeah, it might be Tua, but I'm also in agreement with Jake. I know that new ownership wants obviously to sell tickets and it's hard to think that Trevor Lawrence doesn't move the needle in that market. I can imagine that that would be a big deal for them, but that's a long ways off. There's going to be five teams at least that want that third round, that that third pick. They are sitting so pretty ahead of Miami. Miami has a ton of capital to give up to move up two picks if they feel like they have to. Have you picked up another one for Miami this year and a one for Miami next year to to swap? Go ahead. You don't look. You don't need the quarterback. You got a bunch of holes to fill, but you're, if two first round picks would really help. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I think the Detroit's in a prime position. They can really use that third. I mean, look, Isaiah Simmons is a guy that doesn't have a position, but he's the perfect guy for Vrabel, the pencil, Belichick, and that crazy playing multiple positions. He's the perfect kind of dude for this. So if they drop down to. Seven or eight. I'm just saying they could get creative, and they're sitting really pretty at three. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get to these AFC South teams. We're gonna run through these guys quickly. If you missed the top of the AFC South, you can hear that on last week's podcast. The Indianapolis Colts are very very interesting because they have almost ninety million dollars in cap, eighty six point two million dollars, sixty two guys under contract. We've obviously talked about it nauseum how much we like Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, everything that they've been doing. But the interesting and most interesting part here of this team is obviously their identity without Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett was not the guy we think that they're going to move forward with. I think they're going to be in the sweepstakes for some of these quarterbacks and, and they have good draft capital as well. Jamie, what do you think? You've got a couple of free agents here. Who is staying? Who is going? If you're uh, if you're in the GM seat here, yeah, I mean the, the biggest one is, is, is tackle Anthony Costanzo, and I think he ends up staying there. Mm-hmm. That's really the only big one. They're going to move on from Eric Ebron. I, I imagine they're going to move on from Funchess. Uh, Jabal Sheard might be a guy that's a free agent they bring back. Minotari's done, uh, so they don't really. I mean, if they bring back Costanzo, they bring back Jabal Sheard. They're pretty much <laughs> back with the same team there, uh, minus Eric Ebron, but. Um, I mean, they have. And now you still got probably seventy yeah. million to spend. Yeah, you got you got you got a ton of space. Um, in the latest, you know, Ben Solak has him taking Ceedee Lamb in the first round. You know, a lot of people have him taking a quarterback there, Ooh. but um, it just they, they've got they've got plenty of money to spend. They're not going to spend it all this offseason. And by the way, that's fine. You don't have to spend it all this offseason, but they've got plenty to work with. Maybe they they uh, re up with Marlon Mack that they've talked about. They're pretty. I mean, for a team that's going to be competitive next year. They are so free in what they can do with the cap right now. They don't have any issues. They're not losing any sleep over it. Look, I got him signing Philip Rivers for the simple fact his relationship with Frank Reich. He's going to have, with that offensive line, he's going to play better. With that running game, he's going to play better. He's always going to have them in a position to succeed. And when you go back to what Peyton Manning set there for all those years, you can hear a pin drop in Lucas Oil Field when they're on offense. And a guy that's changing the play, put him in the right position. Even if his skills have diminished a little bit of what he can get done, he's still going to be damn good. He's not going to have that pressure in his face with that offensive line. Now, say you do take a C.D. Lamb, and you got T.Y. Hilton, and you can sign Emmanuel Sanders, and you still have a very traditional, very good tight end in Jack Doyle. You can extend Marlon Mack now a year early. You've still got plenty of space. 
You can then flip that to the defensive side of the ball and go after some of these pass rushers. You could end up with Jadavian Clowney, probably for a decent price. You could end up with Leonard Williams, probably at a a little bit of a premium, nothing crazy. Or you could go Bud Dupree. There's going to be some pass rushers to add to this team as well. And that defense, and we've talked about it nauseam, I have, how good that front seven's been. Yep. They have a really good young secondary that got banged up all year. But you throw Phillip Rivers in the mix here. He plays at 80, 75, 85% of his old self, but you're always in the right position. You got six in the box. We're going to drop it back because you got four wides on the field. By the way, you throw the rookie, who's the rookie from Ohio State? Laugh, I keep forgetting his name that they had this year. Uh, Super fast. Pa- uh, Paris Campbell. Paris yeah. Campbell. You throw Paris Campbell with CD Lamb with that speed, with Emmanuel Sanders and T.Y. Hilton with their, their pass rush, their pass route running ability. Good lord. And you're four wide, and you're going to put six men in the box, and you've got Marlon Max down the shotgun with Philip Rivers, and he checks to a run. You're always going to be in the, in the right position. Like you could get really creative there. That could happen. That power with that offensive line and those guys on the field. Who? I, I, how do you stop that? With that defense, that front seven that's been stingy against the run, and you add a pass rusher to that, which is going to help that secondary, and you still must spend all your money. Yeah. No, I'm in. I'm in. And then you throw some more draft picks on top of CD Lamb, like. Uh, Chanel, if it's not CD Ram, if it's T Higgins, like you could get the, the, I said a couple weeks ago before I even saw the numbers and looked at this, the Colts could flip this thing to where like they're damn near make a run of the Super Bowl type team. And if Philip Rivers hasn't, if he's not 50% of his old self, and he's not, he got hit a lot last year. Their offensive line was garbage. I mean, think about that, guys. When you're talking about a, a, a fan base at home that's going to be that quiet, he's changing the line, changing the play all the time. He knows the head coach. He knows the offense. With those weapons, with a solid tight end, which he needs. I like that. I mean, they're looking good. And you could add some defensive pieces. Man, they could get. And then you still got some draft capital. You could trade. You could move some of that stuff back because you don't necessarily need a ton of it. You got to bring back Costanzo. Yep. Like, if he wants – we talked about that the other day, uh, which we got missed on the show. If he wants to play and if they're, they're worried about him in, in retirement mode, if he wants to play, you got to keep him. He's got to be a Colt. It's his premier left tackle that can still get it done. But that offensive line is one of the best in football. You throw all of those pieces together, I don't know that I don't then instantly make them the favorites to win that division. Yeah, I, I like them a lot if they play out the scenario that you're talking about here. I, I think that that makes a ton of sense for this team. And I, I just – the connection between Frank Reich and, and, and Phillip Rivers and just thinking about realistic scenarios there makes a ton of sense for that to play out. All right, on the opposite side, okay, Indianapolis – Very opposite. Very, very opposite side. Yeah, on the exact opposite side, the Jacksonville Jaguars are minus $3.4 million on the cap. Again, for those counting at home, not great. Uh, 60 guys under uh, under contract, some key free agents. Jamie, not too many. Three guys here we're looking at. Uh, well, Yannick and Dockway is the big one. Yep. It's not coming back. Yeah. Um, but as, as uh, kind of reaction from the, our lost half of episode, um, Marcel Darius is gone. They're going to cut him. They'll save $20 million in the gap right there. Uh, AJ Boye, it seems like they're going to cut, save another 11.4. We'll see if they cut Marquise Lee. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if they would, given that there's you're saving five point three, but you're taking three point five penalty. Uh, Brandon Linder for eight million with a zero. DJ Hayden, Jake Ryan, Jeff Dwayne, Abel Jones. So th- th- they're going to be able to get under under the salary cap. But the reality is, is 
They can't do anything with the quarterback situation. And, I mean, at that point, you have to start talking about do you trade a Calais Campbell to free up spots and get and get, uh, free up cap space and get picks. I mean, do you, do you really say, you know what, we're in a complete and utter rebuild right now and we're not even – we can't even pretend to compete given our cap situation and the amount of money you have locked up in Nick Fultz. Guys, I mean, this is the polar opposite. We're talking about, okay, Minnesota is negative 11.4. If they could get under the cap and put the same team on the field, they're looking at the same type season, right? Yeah, they can run. Add a couple pieces in the draft. You haven't lost a ton. This is the polar opposite of that. They're going to lose. They could get to 40 million under the cap, but they just lost six starters to do it. And you, Nick Foles, is your quarterback. To me, I think somebody would trade for AJ Boye at 11.4. That that doesn't hurt that much, but you still move on from him. You, you, Marcel Darius, gone, done. You could trade Calais and get a decent pick back. Say it's a third-round pick. Say you get a second or a third for A.J. Boye, even a fourth. I think they need to start building for the future with draft capital because if you have a bunch of thirds and fourths, you could package that to move up into the early second and get starters and a cap-friendly starter from a draft pick. They're not in the market for any of these other any of these other guys other than, okay, if they get into the – $40 million range that they look at Austin Hooper and give Nick Foles a tight end, which I think he desperately needs. I, I'm not real sure how that fits with what Jay Gruden wants to do on offense because although, you know, in Washington, the, the tight end was important, but it wasn't quite the same thing Nick Foles had when he was in Philly. But you're stuck with Nick Foles for at least one year. To me, that says, okay, let's trade off some of these pieces while they're hot. You save a ton of money on the cap with Clayus Campbell and Marcel Darius alone. You draft an interior defensive lineman. They have two first-round picks. Uh, they can they can fill that. They can start building a young team moving forward, and it's going to be very cap-friendly when you move on from Nick Foles in a year. Yeah, the the reason you bring up that the opposite of the Minnesota Vikings is the Minnesota Vikings were a playoff team that went to New Orleans and won a football game in the postseason. This is a team that finished last in the division, has negative cap space, st- decided to start a different quarterback that they drafted in the fifth round over the guy that they got and paid a bunch of money to. This is there's bad and then there's this. Like this is horrible. This is very, very bad. And I am just gonna make teachers to say tank for London so that they just tank for the next two years to then move themselves inevitably to London and just figure it all out uh, uh, at a later time. Because Nick if you move some of these pieces that makes sense. That's what you have two to first do. round picks. Two first round picks. If you could pick up two more thirds because you moved on from some of these guys and you lose that cap space, now it makes a ton of sense to have a bunch of really good young pieces. And it only, look, it's almost better if your record sucks while you're in Jacksonville. If you think you're going to end up in London anyway, yeah, you're going to lose some revenue, but you know you're going to make up for it by moving to London. That's the whole point. But if you're doing it with a bunch of really good young pieces that you got under contract for the next five years. To me, you got to move on from a bunch of these big veteran names on defense. Yeah, somehow I think Shahid Khan will be fine because he has a lot of revenue. He has a lot of money. Yeah, he's, so, he's been a couple of so, so, so somehow I think he'll be fine if he just punts on Jacksonville over the next couple of years, knowing that he sees multiple dollar signs being added to the valuation of his team if he moves it to the number one market overseas in London. And I know we're, I know we're pitballing here and we're talking, but it's, Guys, the writing the they're playing two games in London this year. Okay, this has been this is oh like, the writing's on the wall. It's it's within five. I think it's more like three. I think it's more like three. Look, Caldwell's done a nice job there. He built a team that should have went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
What happens after that when your window is open? You're stuck with a bunch of big name guys with big contracts that don't fit what you're doing. It's time to blow it up. The other problem is Doug Marone is a damn good coach. Yeah, he is. Damn good coach. Yep. He's a competitive son of a bitch, and he ain't tanking nothing. And they're both coaching. They're both coaching and, and GMing for their lives and their livelihood. So while you could move all those pieces, and maybe you buy yourself a little more leeway by doing that. I can't see either one of those guys wanting to really do that. That's going to have to be Shad Khan saying, here's what we're going to do, because you don't have Tom Coughlin that blew a lot of this up in the first place. Yeah, this is this team is in is in a really tough spot, and they're going to have to make some serious moves. And man, oh, man, doesn't that AFC championship game feel like ages ago now when you're looking at this team? And the it's hard to look at this team in a situation they're in and not remember that though. Yeah. Like Caldwell did a hell of a job building this when you got AJ Boye to be on the other side of Jalen Ramsey and Boye's prime, and you brought in Calais Campbell, who was getting up there, but he's played his ass off for a couple of years. Marcel Darius was a good trade as well, but he can't stay healthy. And then you still had Dante Fowler that you drafted. You got you got Allen last year, who was up for rookie of the year, that played his tail off. You get a couple more picks like that. With these two first-round picks you have this year, package that with moving on from those guys and getting more draft capital. you got a really good young defense, good young team that are all on rookie contracts. Now, they're not going to play great because they're all rookies. They're all young, second-year guys. And you almost hope like, Nick Foles gets hurt again and they go play with the, the men's stash and he's exciting. Because yeah. with the Nick Foles is there, and then you got to figure out what you're doing with Leonard Fournette. The, th- the thing are you, are you picking up his option and trying to trade him? Like, what are you doing there? Like, I think you move on from a bunch of this. You kind of have to, right? But the, the keep Chark. Like, Chark's a young player. Dean Westbrook was good. Conley was solid. He's getting up there. You can move on from him. There's other guys on this team that are making a bunch of money. Like Jake Ryan at six million dollars. Move on, Marquise Lee. I just named three receivers better than him. Five point three million. I get three point five million dollar hit. But move on. Yeah. Get something. Get a seventh round pick for Marquise Lee. Just add draft capital and get the numbers off the books so you get in a decent position that you could go make another run at some of those other free agents in another couple of years. I think it I think it's it's worth noting though that, you know, there are there were things that were done right and I think the the coaching staff and and, and what's happened there. The problem is you played a you paid a whole bunch of money to Nick Foles. That's your problem. Like you paid a whole yeah. lot of money to Nick Foles and I didn't like the deal when it happened. I don't like the deal now. And I'm probably not going to like the deal in six months. You're, you're, I'm guessing that was time. One of the reasons Tom Coughlin's now out of town. Yep. I, I can imagine. So is that, look, we need, we need to do our, you know, our research department, i.e. Jamie. Uh, we need to look and see if there's like a James Bond in eighth grade somewhere. Or like, yeah, it's like a sophomore that's going to be a lead eleven kind of guy, yeah. and they go all forget tanking for Trevor. They go all in for James Bond or James Bondo, and he's going to be the quarterback going to London, right? That's what they need to build the franchise on. Go find that dude, or go find a kid that you love and tell him to change his name legally. Uh, have you seen the Manning son? That's a quarterback, freshman in high school. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Just saying. Wouldn't be surprised if that Manning lineage is continued on into uh, London town. And all of a sudden, we're talking about tanking for a kid who's 15 in Jacksonville. Like, that's, I'm all in on this. We're going to call him James Bond. We're really talking about a Manning, a Manning son 
in this case. The international man of mystery. Yeah, set it it up for London. I'm all in on the Mannings going to London. All in on it. Can't wait. Uh, okay, guys, any parting thoughts on today's pods? Jamie, I'll let you go first. No, just that, again, this this, this cap situation illuminates a lot of things. Yeah, we, it does. There's a lot of speculation in the offseason. A lot of names get thrown out. But when you see what the actual details of making these things happen, uh, it's never as easy as you would think. Yep. Jake? And this is why we do it. Yep. And we just pointed out why the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes was really three teams a couple years ago. We just pointed out why Detroit is not moving on from Matt Stafford. It is impossible when you put the numbers with the draft pick and why people thought he might hit the market. Not going to happen. I'm very getting disheartened by the Buccaneers' schedules they got to play. they got the FC West and NFC North. And NFC North is going to be damn solid again. And the NFC West might be one of the best divisions in football. Uh, I'm not real happy about that. So that's my party. And now that I'm breaking this down, because, like, this is Detroit through through Green Bay are going to be really freaking solid. It's uh, it, it's not a great draw, that's for sure, for the old bucks. Uh, my parting thoughts are you should be listening to all of these podcasts, so please go back and uh, listen to our initial podcast to the NFC East and the beginning of the AFC South, obviously the NFC North and the rest of the AFC South today. We're going to continue on. We'll go division by division. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking. If you've got questions about what's going on, cap situations, you can always find us at TDN Fantasy on Twitter. You know your teams better than we do. Hit, hit us with some ideas. Yeah. We'll tell you whether we like them or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jamie Hockey. And watch out for the Twitter. freaking Colts. Yeah, I'm excited for the Colts. That That is true. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Jake. Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on Twitter and Instagram. And you can check out Benjamin Solak's latest mock draft that we were referencing on the draftnetwork.com. Sports page with an eye on Twitter and Instagram. And you can check out Benjamin Solak's latest mock draft that we were referencing on the draft network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.